Everybody in New York knows what you and Cousin Louisa represent. That's why Mrs. Mingott felt she ought not to allow this slight on Countess Olenska to pass without consulting you. Mrs. van der Luyden glanced at her husband, who glanced back at her. It is the principle that I dislike, said Mr. van der Luyden. As long as a member of a well-known family is backed up by that family, it should be considered final. It seems so to me, said his wife, as if she were producing a new thought. I had no idea, Mr. van der Luyden continued, that things had come to such a pass. He paused and looked at his wife again. It occurs to me, my dear, that the Countess Olenska is already a sort of relation, through Medora Manson's first husband. At any rate, she will be when Newland marries. He turned towards the young man. Have you read this morning's Times, Newland? Why, yes, sir, said Archer, who usually tossed off half a dozen papers with his morning coffee. Husband and wife looked at each other again. Their pale eyes clung together in prolonged and serious consultation. Then a faint smile fluttered over Mrs. van der Luyden's face. She had evidently guessed and approved. Mr. van der Luyden turned to Mrs. Archer. If Louisa's health allowed her to dine out, I wish you would say to Mrs. Lovell Mingott, she and I would have been happy to fill the places of a Lawrence Leffertsy's at her dinner. He paused to let the irony of this sink in. As you know, this is impossible, Mrs. Archer sounded a sympathetic assent. But Newland tells me he has read this morning's Times, therefore he has probably seen that Louisa's relative, the Duke of St. Austrie, arrives next week on the Russia. He is coming in to enter his new sloop, the Guinevere, in next summer's International Cup race, and also to have a little canvasback shooting at Trevenna. Mr. van der Luyden paused again, and continued with increasing benevolence. Before taking him down to Maryland, we are inviting a few friends to meet him here only a little dinner, with a reception afterwards. I am sure Louisa will be as glad as I am if Countess Olenska will let us include her among our guests. He got up bent his long body with a stiff friendliness towards his cousin, and added, I think I have Louisa's authority for saying that she will herself leave the invitation to dine when she drives out presently, with our cards, of course, with our cards. Mrs. Archer, who knew this to be a hint but the seventeen-hand chestnuts, which were never kept waiting, were at the door, rose with a hurried murmur of thanks. Mrs. van der Luyden beamed on her, but her husband raised a protesting hand. There is nothing to thank me for, dear Adeline, nothing at all. This kind of thing must not happen in New York. It shall not, as long as I can help it, he pronounced with sovereign gentleness as he steered his cousins to the door. Two hours later, everyone knew that the great sea-spring barouche in which Mrs. van der Luyden took the air at all seasons had been seen at old Mrs. Mingott's door, where a large, square envelope was handed in. And that evening, 
at the opera, Mr. Sillerton Jackson was able to state that the envelope contained a card inviting the Countess Olenska to the dinner which the Vanderloydens were giving the following week for their cousin, the Duke of St. Austrey. Some of the younger men in the club box exchanged a smile at this announcement and glanced sideways at Lawrence Lefferts, who sat carelessly in the front of the box, pulling his long, fair moustache, and who remarked with authority as the soprano paused, "'No one but Patty ought to attempt the somnambula.'" It was generally agreed in New York that the Countess Olenska had lost her looks. She had appeared there first in Newland Archer's boyhood as a brilliantly pretty little girl of nine or ten, of whom people said that she ought to be painted. 